God is doing something and he's doing something big in the earth. And, um, you know, not always everything that God is doing is seen right away. Are you with me? And not everything God is doing is known right away. And uh, some things God, you know, does and is doing, uh, you know, he starts in the hearts of people and uh, before it becomes real public. And you can read that in the Bible, you know, when he wanted to rebuild the kingdom of God or bring the children of Israel back, uh, you know, he would start dealing with people in their hearts about things, you know, and sometimes we need to recognize uh, if we get disgruntled in our walk with God, you know, because some people don't know, they get disgruntled and they're like, there's got to be more, but you're already saved, you're already filled with the Spirit. That could be just you reaching out and God dealing with your heart to take you further with Him. Are you with me? And, and, uh, or you can start knowing, wow, you know, I want more. I believe people need more, you know, in the earth. And it could drive you to pray and start influencing people. And we need to recognize that we are connected to an unseen kingdom to a living God who one day will appear, but he can be doing things and we need to be aware. And sometimes some people notice before others. Amen. Does it mean when somebody else notices and I don't notice or you don't notice that he's not doing something? I mean, you know, John's mother, Elizabeth, in the Bible, uh, right before the Lord was uh, born, you know, John the Baptist was in his mother's womb. Mary had seen an angel, uh, told her, you're going to have a child. The earth is going to be totally affected. You know, only a couple people knew. And, and uh, so she went to her cousin's house and um, goes in the door, two pregnant ladies... What could happen? Emotions running high. Chocolate. Chocolate, right? Back then, I don't know what they had. But uh, they go in and they greet each other. And uh, all of a sudden, the Spirit of God starts moving. Are you with me? A baby jumps inside the womb. She said, when I heard your salutation, when you, in other words, we would say it like this, when you said hello or when you greeted me, when you walked in the door, all of a sudden the, the child jumped in me and the Spirit of God came on me. It's just two ladies in a house. You know, there were probably, you know, because a lot of people did various things back then, you know, from their homes, you know, or different things, you know, and, you know, it wasn't like you went into a job, you did your job if you made pottery. So there were probably people all around in the neighborhood or wherever it was doing their thing, didn't even know God was working. Didn't know how phenomenal something was going on right then under their nose. You know, there had been clues, you know, there was a star, but people didn't know until all of a sudden some wise men uh, or, you know, astronomers looked and saw, they read the stars and they said, a king is born. So, a, you know, the king found out. So there was little bits of rumbling and stuff, but there was something huge going on. And right then people didn't even know the magnitude of it. 
And even some people that got a glimpse of it, totally were seeing it wrong. You with me? Meaning this, there was a ruler there, and uh, he hears a king is born, and he thinks, this guy is going to challenge me and my rulership, therefore, uh, I'm going to kill all the little kids of two years under in this area, because he believed that a king was coming and going to be born, he didn't realize this is the savior of the world. He's thinking a natural king, this is going to challenge me. So he had some idea something was going on. You know, these are the same things that are happening in the world today. Are you with me? You can hear it with people. I don't think the earth is going to last forever. And people think, well, they're all, we're going to blow it up. Or, or, you know, we're going to set the match to the keg of gunpowder and boom, you know, or we're going to put too many, you know, plastic cups in the ocean and that's it. You get what I'm saying? And they recognize something's going on that everything's not going to last forever, but they don't know everything. So they're to a degree clueless, but they're picking up on something. Just like that king. And he went to extremes because he was misreading what was going on. I mean, he could have technically left Jesus alone, left all the little kids alone, and not killed them. But he's thinking somewhere in that group is some king who's going to take my throne. And so we need to realize, you know, God can be working in such a way in the day we live that in some senses part of what we do as believers is guide people to the right way. Because if you think about it, there are a lot of things that happen that are not the right way. That happened when Jesus was on the earth. I mean, here he is and something's happening around him and there's confusion throughout Israel who should have known the Scriptures, should have known what was going on, and they didn't. Matter of fact, there was times Jesus said, open up the book and look, search the Scriptures, for in them they testify of me. But you don't believe them because you don't come to me. And then he asked his disciples, he said, you know, one day, you know, who do people say that I am? Well, this is Israel. They're waiting for the Messiah. They're not to have all different kinds of ideas. And then they just start spouting stuff off. I mean, I don't know. Did the Lord hit himself in the head and go, oh, brother? Or, or is it the same today? Well, some say you're Moses. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're this prophet. Some say you're John the Baptist raised from the dead. I mean, there are all kinds of nutty ideas. And that was when he was here on the earth. So you don't think it was important to know and then direct people to him? Because think about it. If they didn't know who he was and he is the only way to God 
and they're like, well, he's just Moses or he's Elijah. Because they believe both of them, you know, like Elijah would come, you know, to introduce the way of the Lord. So they're thinking, well, maybe he's Elijah going to introduce the way and direct us to the Lord, not even knowing he is the Lord. And uh, they're following the wrong thing. Can the world be in the same state and God be in the middle of doing something in our day? And the, and the only way is for people who truly know the truth. And obviously some of those people thought they knew the truth. Even the guy who killed John the Baptist said, the ruler said, you know when he heard about Jesus, oh great, John the Baptist is risen from the dead and I'm in trouble. What? Because to them there were so many ways. They didn't have it geared down right. And this is what the church is about. In a confused, deceived world, what we should do is mock them. Those idiots. No. Because we were all one of them. And not to call somebody an idiot, but you know what I'm saying. Meaning we've all stood in that place and are grateful that somebody told us the way. When, when, when there are so many ways and so many avenues that are presented to people. And they need to know the truth. And so Jesus is with his disciples and he's telling them, you know, well, you know, well who do you say? Who do you say? And then, you know, or what are they saying? Then he said, what do you know about who I am? Peter just speaks up out of all the disciples. And he said, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And then the Lord makes a statement that is so interesting. And we can be familiar with it. And we might be able to quote it right now. He said, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Of course we all know that verse. But here's the thing. Then that must mean that all the rest that had all these opinions have had not had an encounter with the Holy Spirit revealing a truth to them. Because they all had different opinions. And the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Truth. And if He's the Spirit of Truth, then what's He going to tell us? Lies? No, the truth. So that means there are sources for other opinions, but there is only one way that's right. Are you with me? And this is Bible. And we need to recognize God can be doing something phenomenal in this earth and we just need to direct people to what he's doing and cooperate with what he's doing. You know, uh, spirits and all that kind of stuff. You know, we talk about the Holy Spirit, but the world is very uh, aware of spirits. They are. In my dealings as a pastor and traveling and just being in the States, it's amazing how many people deal with things in their life. Get choked at night when they go to bed. 
if you just start asking people stuff like that, people start talking. Yeah, I mean, I've had people numerous times just by saying something like this and be in a meeting and somebody will come up after and said, I get choked at night, what should I do? Like, like somebody puts their hands around my neck. These are real things. And people don't realize there's evil spirits out there that we, the church, have authority over. Now, you can't just randomly go, I break the power over my whole city. Uh, what's on TV? No, because it doesn't work like that. Because some people are open to them. They don't know what they're open to, but they're open to them. Amen? And we need to realize we've got the answer for the world, and God could be about something, and we could be in the front end of something so big, and we are. You know, it can be already brewing. He could be working in certain ways. And just like with uh, Jesus when he was in his mother's womb, and then out on the scene he came. And then he began to grow, and John the Baptist started spreading the word, he's coming. We have an interesting story, he's coming. But before he comes, you got to get ready, and he's about doing a work. And he's about doing a work through you. He's about doing a work in this place. You know, tomorrow is the candy holiday. Where masses of kids collect hordes of candy. Parents that are not even Christians collect a tithe and an offering. Whether the kid knows it or not. Amen. That's probably the biggest reason why people want their kids to trick-or-treat. Come on, get to the next house, quick. Let's go back there. What'd they get? What? Reese's? We're going to mark that house. Yeah, you think about it, you know. Oh, go back up there again. Turn, turn your costume inside out. I like dumb, Mom. It's all right. Just go. Give me your, give me your mask. But we, we, we think about this time, you know, and, and you know, there's a lot of uh, and fuss, you know, about, well, should we trick-or-treat or should we not? I don't know. If you're over 30, probably not. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be a cutoff date somewhere. But more than that, you know, this is a time of year when a uh, Haunted houses and all those different things, you know, come up and you go there. People go to haunted houses and, and we become aware of these things. But, uh, but there are real haunted houses. Are you with me? And I'm not talking the one where you go to your neighbor's house. Well, maybe it is your neighbor's <laughs> house in a real way. But there are haunted houses, I mean, by definition, we want this to be a haunted house. No. No, I, haunted, play, haunted just by definition means a place frequented by a ghost. We should have invited people today. <laughs> haunted mansion, haunted church. 
People freak out. Are you kidding? I'm not going. No, it'll be cool. But we're not open to evil spirits. We're open to the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. And we want to do things that He would frequent our presence and be manifest among us. Amen? Other spirits will tremble at that. Amen? You get people got hitchhikers, they won't like it. Are you with me? Jesus came on the scene with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit on Him, or the Holy Ghost, whatever, you know, if you King James, Holy Ghost. And demons would cry out. But does God want haunted houses? Well, in a negative sense, no. But in a positive sense, yes. He has always wanted that. Always. In the Old Testament, he, he set up a building and places where the people would come and stand around and worship and they would watch the power of God, the Spirit of God, descend in such a way upon it. People in other lands knew that's where the Spirit of the living God, that's where God shows up, that's where God manifests. Did he do away with that and want just smoke machines? And I'm, I got no problem with the smoke machine. I don't want one, but I don't have a problem if some people have them. You know, or lights or whatever. But beyond all that, whether we have it or not, we want a haunted house. In a positive way. You know, because if I say, hey, I'm going to talk about lust today. Everybody should, every Christian should develop lust. People are like, honey, grab your purse. We're out of here. <laughs> no, because lust in a negative sense means a strong desire toward negative. But the Bible said the Spirit of God, when He comes and lives in you in James, it said He lusts enviously. Means He has a strong desire about things for you. So that word lust can be used negative and positive. And so we need to realize that if the Holy Spirit is sent to take the place of Jesus on the earth, and the Bible said that the Holy Spirit, when He has come, He will magnify me. I, I have to do my part to magnify Him. But there is a part I cannot do and you cannot do. And that is, you can magnify Him, I can magnify Him, but the Holy Spirit will make the reality of magnifying Him. That's what does stuff for people. The power of the Holy Spirit. Moving in a place, moving upon people. That's why one person can sit there and get so thrilled and the other person is thinking, when do we get out of this place? You know, I told this story, I think at Prayer Friday, about the, 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 the Christian fisherman, you know, the religious fisherman, and the one who had a relationship with God. And the one who had 
a relationship with God and just had a vital relationship with God, he was out in the boat fishing, and the whole time he was fishing, he kept thinking about God, and I want to be in church, and I want to be in fellowship with believers. And then the, the religious fisherman who was in church, the whole time he was in church was thinking, man, I need to be out in a boat. I need to be putting a hook on my worm. Both of them fished, but something was driving each one differently. And there's just something to be said about what is driving us and what is going on in the house. And there are things, we've talked about this, like kindle again the flame or into flame, the gift of the Holy Spirit. So that means that, that the presence of God or the moving of the Holy Spirit in a building or in a human's life meaning talking from a Christian standpoint, somebody has given their life to the Lord, it can be enhanced. Why is this important? Because there are things He can do that you cannot do. He causes things to become a reality. You, you, you can get religious if you're not careful... But if you read all the things about the Holy Spirit, you'll th see things like, when He has come, He will teach. He will reveal. He will convict. He will counsel. Now, I can give you natural counsel, but we want some spiritual counsel too. We, we want beyond just natural. We, we don't want you know, like in the Old Testament when they knew, man, the house of God was a place where the presence of the Spirit of God was super strong. And you could go there and inquire of the Lord. And you'd get general, you'd get literal, specific direction for your existence. And I mean, if they were going to war, they would inquire of the Lord. They would go, they would play musical instruments, they'd sing to the Lord, they'd do different things. And God would give them direction. One thing that we need to realize is the Spirit of God is moving. He literally takes the place of Jesus on the earth. Jesus said that in John 16. He said, you now have sorrow because I'm leaving. Because they're thinking, man, we've been traveling these years, three years with, with Him. And, and uh, they're thinking, man, He's going to set up His kingdom because Acts 1... They even asked that. Are you going to set up your kingdom now? And he said no. Or he didn't just say no. He just switched the subject and said, you'll receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And this is how the church is supposed to function. Not as a religious monument to the Lord. A religious gathering where we can come together and talk about Jesus as though he was a past living figure, like we're putting him up against any other world religion, we're not putting him up against anything. He's above everything. He's alive, nothing else is in that aspect. And so, if he is called, if the Holy Spirit takes the place of Jesus... He will magnify Jesus. That's exactly the encounter that the disciples had. 
Who do men say that I am? Reality only came through the power of the Spirit. Working. There are things that will only happen in our lives by God's Spirit working in and through us and us cooperating with Him. Through the Word of God. Because it's all connected. Because He said He would guide us into all truth when He... The Holy Spirit has come. And Jesus said in John 17, 17, He said, sanctify them, meaning people, set them apart unto me, because that's God's plan for everybody, to be set apart unto Him, not to ourselves. Now we have life to do, but we are to be set apart. He said, sanctify them by your truth he said your word is truth and then he said when how be it when he comes the spirit of truth he will guide you into all truth in other words he will take the word of god and make it a living thing the bible was never intended to be a dull dead book an unreal book a book with no life in it no reality. This book is to engage us with God in reality. And so when we're talking about a house, a haunted type of house, the Amplified says this in the 14th chapter. I'm going to read it from the Amplified, the 26th verse. It says, but the helper, this is the Holy Spirit, the one who Jesus said would come and work on my behalf. God wants reality for you. God wants you to roam the earth with the reality of who He is. Even if others are confused. Even if others say, well, I think this or I think that. He wants you to know in such a reality that you can present it to others and the same Spirit that's on you and that works in you will work in them. And He always does it in conjunction with His Word. But notice this, He said, but the Helper, John 14, 26 in the Amplified, the Helper, and so the way the Amplified reads is it amplifies. Makes it bigger. It'll take a word and add Greek words and show the full meaning. He said, when the helper, but the helper, which means comforter, what does the Holy Spirit want to do then? If he's helper, he wants to comfort. He's an advocate. A lawyer. An intercessor. One who will plead on your behalf. He's a counselor. He'll help you in everything. No wonder why people can come to church and they'll start getting answers. Now, I believe a believer can get answers at home, but God has ordained the house too, the gathering of believers. There are certain things that God has ordained here that you can't get anywhere else. There's certain things He has ordained in your personal walk with Him. And there's certain things He's ordained 
when we gather. And so he calls him the counselor, the strengthener. You know, when you think of a strengthener, somebody says, well, I just need some strength. No, when people even got healed in the Bible, it said their body gained strength. And he's a standby. In other words, if there's anything else you need, he's standing by to help. He said, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf, He will teach you all things. And He will help you remember everything. How many things will He help you remember? Well, you know, when you get to this age... I've done this very thing right here is I won't tell people I can't remember. And there are times that I don't remember and I'll say, Lord, remind me of that. And I don't get bothered and He does every time. Amen. We need to understand this world does not think like God. And He can teach you to help you. He will teach you all things. Now some answers take a little longer to get than others, but He will teach you all things. Some answers you have to grow with God to know them. Are you with me? There were Bible questions I had. Every Christian should be growing with the Lord. The fundamental way is opening up His book. I mean, you get to learn His voice. You know, there are people who play guitars and there's people who wish they played a guitar. And they make different sounds. Are you with me? When you read the Bible and give time to reading the Bible, what will happen, you'll start hearing the sound of the Lord. A ringing inside that's like, yeah. And out of that, you'll start to grow. Kind of like when you went to school. First grade. Second grade. You learn more and more, and the fundamental stuff helped you to know stuff greater later. Like, if you don't know ABC, one, two, three, forget all this stuff later on. And so that's why I'm saying there are some things you, even though He'll teach you all things, there's some things you're just not going to know right now until you grow some. Amen. But God will help you to know whatever is pertinent to your life at that time. If it's important in your life, He will help you to know. And He will help you. You know, God can fix your mind. God can fix your emotions. Yeah, but all these memories keep coming back. He's a helper. You know, when Jesus came on the earth, the Bible said He preached deliverance. 
you know, if you'd get in His Word, He'll preach deliverance to you. What does that mean? He'll communicate through His Word and bring freedom all over in your life. Fix your emotions to go on and really go on good. Sometimes your emotions have to be worked on. It's amazing to me that people will spend so much money on a therapist, and I'm not knocking any of that, but won't give any time to God. Who who will proclaim through His Word and through ministers deliverance to the captives? What does it mean to deliver? He can deliver your emotions. He can deliver all kinds of things. But it's interesting, He preached it. He preached it. He proclaimed it. That means he will proclaim things out of his word that will bring deliverance to your life. Healing, wholeness, whatever it is. Because remember, he will teach you all things. So you could say, you know, that this kind of teaching is different in some aspects than the teaching we learn in the earth from are school teachers. You know, they, they can help you uh, have information, but they're not setting anybody's emotions free. They're not curing wounds internally. They're not helping bodies. You know, I mean, I understand a... PE teacher or whatever is going to help a person work out, but there, but there's stuff beyond that. But if people won't avail themselves or get into a situation or a place where God is moving, they're going to miss out on some freedom. And how many people, you know, are taught to run? To certain things, if you get in trouble, run here. If you do this, do this. Every person should be taught, if you are facing anything, you need to run to church. You need to run to God. You need to be amongst believers. And then, we should expect that God will move by His Spirit. And whatever he says and deals with you about, you do it. Mary uh, was not fully understanding everything about her son Jesus. But the angel had said, you know, you're going to give birth as a virgin. Okay. And then then all this supernatural stuff started happening on her way. Angels would appear... To her, her husband say, flee, get out of the country, people are seeking to kill him, then go back, and they're, they're entering into this supernatural walk, and uh, one day, uh, she knows Jesus, she's seen that he got baptized, she heard the proclamation of John the Baptist, something has changed in his life, though he was the Savior, he had never performed a miracle till he was 30. 
Because it said this first miracle he did, and then it said this second miracle he did. So, but she saw some kind of change happening, you know, and you can recognize change happening spiritually at times. She recognized it. She recognized it, maybe not like John the Baptist did, but she knew something was changing. And sometimes simple instruction from the Lord can cause a miracle. Stuff that doesn't even seem big. Be committed in your walk. Oh, are you serious? Do this. Forgive that person. Oh, come on. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. It can be real simple. And, and Mary, I mean, she's like us in some senses. You know, we all have come from nowhere to somewhere with the Lord. And or on our way somewhere with him. And here she is uh, at a wedding, a family wedding. She has already seen her son get baptized. But John the Baptist is baptizing people all over the place by the thousands. What makes it different? Well, she's heard some things from the Lord. You know, the whole, the whole of Israel is starting to boil. They know they're coming close to the time that the Savior will be revealed. They're not sure who John the Baptist is, but there are some people who know something's cooking. So Mary just steps out one day at a wedding and said, with this backdrop, all these things she's heard through her whole life, 30 years. Not literally 30 years. She's been alive longer than that because she's a teenager plus 30. She's been hearing this stuff. The Messiah's coming. She's even had visions. She's had an angel appear. And all of a sudden she takes a step because she heard John the Baptist say, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. How was that revealed to John? Different than Mary. Mary sat there and hears John say it, but John saw the Spirit descend and abide. Are you with me? John saw the Spirit descend and abide. So she's thinking, is this the time? The Spirit's moving. He heard, and then, you know, from the Lord, and then he makes this declaration, behold, the Lamb of God, people are like, uh-oh, this is the different Lamb. So now we're at a family wedding, we run out of wine. She's got this in her head, knowing something's working. She said, uh, hey, have him do something about it. And he said, Woman. That's where that term came from. Oh, sorry. Wait. Anyway, he, he said, uh, Woman, it's, it's not my time. But it was. Or it began to be right then. But he already had the Spirit. Something was already changing. And just a little push. And then she says to him, Whatever he says, do. And how can we be in a place where the Spirit of God is moving 
and not realize the potential of something that looks mundane by his dealing. What do I mean? Go get some water pots, fill them with water, and then go fill the big ones. Um, we're here for the miracle ministry of Jesus. Yeah, you know, if you could just take some buckets of water and fill them up and go fill that big pot over there. Yeah, but we're here for the miracle ministry where the Messiah. How often do Christians get weirdo? And if, you know, and it's, it's common among people. You know, one day Jesus spits in the ground, makes these little mud cakes, slaps them on a guy's eyes, says, now go down to this place. So he's got to walk a long way and wash them off. What kind of miracle ministry is this? You know, in the Old Testament, there was a leper who came to this prophet and the prophet said, go dip seven times. He got upset. He said, we've got cleaner rivers in my country. And how many people don't realize that simplistic dealings with God are connected to divine encounters and miracles? Yeah, well, I need one of them big ones. Go read how seemingly mundane things were in the Bible that were connected to huge miracles. One man said it like this, the big door of a miracle hangs on a little hinge of obedience. And sometimes we're looking at the big door and not looking on what swings the door into action. That gives you passage. No wonder it's important that when we come together we engage God with our worship. And we really sing to Him. And we really focus on Him and engage our hearts to Him regardless of anybody else around us. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will manifest. And when He manifests Himself, and He said He does that, God inhabits the praises of His people you can read in Acts 13, when people were needing direction, there were five guys that were prophets and teachers. They didn't do something special because they were in the ministry that was different than the rest of us. They did the exact same thing. They ministered to the Lord. They gave worship to the Lord. What does that do? It creates an atmosphere for the Spirit of God to manifest Himself and He is the one who will communicate everything that we need to know. He will take and unveil the Word, and He will deal with us from God. But if we don't realize that, we might think, well, I'm needing the big miracle. And how many people come from the big and miss God? That happened in the Bible. You know, in the Old Testament, when that... You know the story, we all know it. He's not in the whirlwind, he's not in this, he's not in this tornado, he's not in this, he's in the still small voice. And how many times 
have people missed a miracle because they missed the still small voice. Or they thought, I need something bigger than that still small voice, but that hinge is connected to something huge. And so we want an atmosphere where we come together so we can be in a haunted house. But the house is not haunted by evil spirits. It's frequented in manifestation by the Holy Spirit. Because if that is the case, He's going to strive with us. That's where we want to bring our friends. And there is a huge difference. Just like, you know, you try to explain to people what a good burger is and a bad burger, and they're like, what's wrong with McDonald's? If you don't know by now, well, there's a scripture in the Bible that says in 1 Corinthians 15, let the ignorant be ignorant still. No, wait, that's not the verse I was thinking of. No, it was. But you think about it. There are differences. Are you with me? There are differences. And God wants us to know the difference. John 16, 14 talks. Let's, read, let's turn there. Since I've been quoting things. Look at this verse. John 16, verse 14. Talking about the Holy Spirit when He will come, when He comes. This first phrase is awesome. You want your relationship with God to be vibrant? You want it to get cooking? Here's what He will do. One of the things. He will glorify me. Wow. What will the Holy Spirit do? He will glorify Jesus. He will make you thrilled about Jesus. He will make Jesus look good. He'll help you to be in love with Him. When you get in the atmosphere where the Lord is working, He's going to start glorifying Him. Magnifying Him. Making Him look real good. Lies take away or try to rob the appearance of Jesus. Lies do that. Truth is revealed by the Spirit and He will magnify Jesus. He will glorify Him. When He's glorified in you by that knowledge, you're going to be thrilled about Him. There's nobody that you want to be in a relationship more than God. So he said, oh no, you should see this guy at my work. Or this girl in my neighborhood. No. That, that might have its place, but this is what you want most. There's no relationship human or with things that beats this. Why is heaven 
when you hear about people who go to heaven, they're like, I didn't want to go back. You hear stories like that all the time. It was so incredible. It was like, whoa. Ugh. Because the Spirit of God is freely moving. And there's so much comfort. There's no sorrow. People are in love with the Lord with no hindrance because He is majorly glorified there. He will glorify me. When will He do that? When we get to heaven? No. Here. He will glorify me. For He will take of what is mine. He's going to take something that belongs to Him And he said, I'll declare it to you. That's huge. How is he going to do that? Is he going to give you a brochure when you walk out the door? Hold on to this. You know, when years ago, I mentioned this once, I think a while back, but we were at a church service and the preacher thought it would be real funny to give everybody a fishing weight when they came in. So everybody had a fishing weight. And he said, how many of you now feel led? <laughs> Hopefully our relate, because you know, fishing weights are made out of lead. You know, because people are like, well, I just don't know if I feel led. Well, now you do. But there is a reality side where it should be so real that things are being unfolded on all different levels with different people. Somebody's their relationship sparked with the Lord. Somebody else gets direction. I have, I, but it's only this fill the water pot. It's too simple. No, do the simple and see the big. Amen. Do the simple and see the big. There is such freedom that God wants to display when we're gathered and when we're apart. God wants His house to be a house of contact with Him. Right? Jesus said, My house shall be a house of prayer of all nations. Well, prayer is not some religious thing. It's contact with God. It's interaction with God. It's a two-way street. And God wants that for us.